that all I need life. What's up everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today's show is going to be a little bit of a hectic one. <laughs> but that's alright. Hectic's fine. Uh, it's going to be a little Surf Expo recap. Uh, the, our All I Need Skate and World Industries trip down to Orlando, Florida. So, how this all originally started was, oh man, I think it was maybe five years ago, maybe longer. I don't know how long I've been going to Surf Expo, but, um, I got an uh, email one day from the, my connection with Surf Expo and Veronica, she's an awesome lady. But she reached out to me one year out of the blue and was like, Hey, would you want to come down and podcast at Surf Expo? And uh, I was like, yeah, if uh, you'll help me get down there, yeah, for sure. Because I couldn't afford to get down there. And they're in. So I started going to Surf Expo just to podcast and meet people. Which you guys, if you've been listening long enough, you go back, you'll hear some of those episodes. The audio quality was rough on some of them. I apologize. I was just freestyling it. I didn't know. And then I found out they had a media room, so some of the audio was fun. But some epic humans, for sure. Jim Gray was down there. Um, Angelica Schreiber. She killed it as well. Um, yeah, little Zoe. Some good podcasts if you go back and learn. But that's how I linked up with Surf Expo originally. <clears throat> so they hit us back up. And... Uh, so I went down for a couple of years, podcasting, etc., hanging out, meeting people, and then I realized there wasn't a skate event, and people were telling me when I was walking the floor at Expo, Surf Expo is wild, man. It's uh, in Orlando. It's one of the biggest trade shows in the world. There's, I think, over 2,000 booths with brands there, ranging from the smallest booth to, you know, the most ima- massive thing you could imagine. <clears throat> and they're all sectioned off surf section, skate section, boutique section, like, um, models. They have a catwalk that's pretty sick. Um, it's hard to get into it, though, for whatever reason. Even w- They sent me a link to get people in for free, and even with that, people are still getting it stopped at the top of the, the escalators by registration, and they were having a hard time getting them in. I helped a bunch of the homies come in. Shout out to Joe Handy. Uh, he flew down from Vermont to come shred the ramp. That was sick. He destroyed it. Jacob Jensen and Jim Jensen, those guys flew down from Massachusetts, came and destroyed it. A lot of people showed up, man. It was intense on our mini ramp jam, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So I was at Expo podcasting for a few years, and then that slowly turned into like, oh, I noticed there's no skate event. People were telling me about how Volcom used to do a skate event down, down there and how sick it was, but... It might have got a little out of control. <laughs> like, I think they lit something on fire or something. <laughs> and uh, so they weren't doing it anymore. And I was like, well, you know, we got all I need. All I need skate. We could do something that would be sick. So then I just hit up my Connect Veronica. And I told her, I was like, we could throw a jam. And, and they actually had the mini ramp because Team Payne was involved. I think they used to build the parks for Volcom at the Expo. They would design a park and build it street course and mini ramp craziness i saw one year they did a mini ramp that was insane it was so wide sickest looking thing to shred though those guys did it sick but yeah so i was like um team Payne's gonna build a ramp or construct the ramp they have and it's the sickest mini ramp team pain kills it with all the skate parks in florida and down that way we skated the new jacksonville park this time uh, when we were out there, it was so sick, and they built that. I mean, I can't tell you how many parks are down there that Team Pain kills. They just nailed the transition, and they just got the eye for it. Every park's unique, and there's so much to hit. It's like a lot of sub- substance in one park, you know? There's multiple different ways to flow it, and you get lost a lot. It's fucking amazing. Um, so we had their mini ramp. I was like, yeah, we could put on a mini ramp jam, f- jam for sure, dude. And, uh, you know, despite having the difficulties of getting people in, and trying to get them into the show. Because it is a big show, I get it. It's a massive one, and like I said, there's everybody there, you know? <clears throat> the thing about skateboarding, to me, is like, if you have <clears throat> people skating, there's energy, you know? And like, the art of skateboarding sells skateboarding, because people can see the passion and the drive and the skaters, and 
in the style and the purpose, you know? Like, if everyone's just out there selling shit, nothing's going to sell. But, like, if we have the people that live and love skateboarding putting on a show and destroying it, and people get to watch that incredible talent and character and personalities and passion and drive and energy, then that'll be... That'll grow the industry, you know? Like, people will come out and support those riders, and there'll be skate shops and skate brands that support those riders and and help that and help them pursue skateboarding, you know? So uh, that was the whole mini ramp jam. Like, let's do a mini ramp jam. Throw it for all the dudes that kill it, you know? They're the people that that embody skateboarding. So let's get them there. That's the most important part because they care about it and they bring the the specialness, you know? The art of skateboarding, the actual physical art of skateboarding. I feel helps you know like people forget so far from that like when you first do anything when you first found a skateboard all you thought about was how time consuming and fun it would be like you get on it and you're like oh this thing is endless world you know like you're not thinking about selling it you're not thinking about fucking getting something from it you're just thinking about skating because you're like this is amazing like i just want to be on this thing and ride this thing you know and i think people get too far from that you know we all do. Everybody does in life. You get too far away from your needs, you know, things that are necessities in your life that help keep you focused on a path that's sustainable and moves you into the future. And uh, just remembering these pat, remembering what we need to do is the most important thing and staying focused on it, you know, because you want to have fun, you know, it's like you don't want to be too orderly all the time. I've been listening to a lot of Jordan Peterson, some fucking amazing lectures and just sick information to take in. Even if you don't believe everything, you can just... It's always rad to keep listening to new stuff and taking it in and try to digest it and understand it. I did that with hip-hop for a long time. And obviously skateboarding. That's why I was always psyched on... I'm, I'm, I know I'm sidetracking, but that's why I was always psyched on skateboarders that put out more than just their tricks. Like if they like had an in-depth interview or like some crazy style that made them stand out or... like. Just people that express themselves uniquely in their own way, like skateboarders do that, I feel. And that always sparked me on skating. And that was new information, because I meet older dudes or younger dudes that, like, just get it and are going. And you're like, yeah, this is sick. They're bringing something valuable. This is cool. And they're on the, they're in the current of it, you know? It's rad. I love skateboarding. I know you fuckers do, too. <laughs> um, back, to, back to Surf Expo, though. So... I started dreaming after I see some opportunity with Surf Expo that we could do a mini ramp jam. And just by that, I just mean like I start thinking about it all the time, even when I'm trying to sleep. This is how most things happen. There's something catches my eye and it's like something I'm like, wow, this is so much value and could help a lot of people and ourselves and be fun. And it's like I start dreaming about that. I'm like, it's a good way to spend our time, you know, like focus on those things. Sometimes those things aren't around and you gotta spark those things. You gotta take an idea and just kind of expand on it and share it with the people around you. Like, I need people to do that. So, but yeah, so Surf Expo, the mini ramp jam, all I need. And we did it one year, it was so sick. Gave out $500 in cash. So many people killed it. Like, the sick thing about the mini ramp jam is there's all different people there because it's a big expo in Orlando, Florida. So, people come from out of town and stuff and like dudes from australia there shout out to fix fix skateboards they're out of australia they make electric skateboards and they have popsicle shaped boards and they have fun at the expo too they let us whip their um little bobby worlds like electric scooters all over it if you go to the instagram you can see fucking timmy timmy canoe's pro for all i need Frontside melon grab over Billy and Billy's in the the Bobby World tricycle the three-wheeler electric one and he's whipping up the transition peeling out and Timmy's melon grabbing over him They did that so legit like the timing was perfect. I didn't see it in person I just watched the thing I was like running the booth at the moment and I missed that one. But he showed me a clip. I was like, holy shit That was so sick proper slow-mo too <laughs> But yeah that my homie Daniel Daniel Quinn he was on the podcast if you go back, but uh He's one of the founders of Fix Skateboards. And he was there again this year, and it was so much fun. He shredding, brought some energy and craziness to it, which is sick. But at any event, you want to, like, straddle the line, you know? Like, you want to have a lot of energy and let people have fun and do things, but you don't want it to get it out, out of line where people light fires, and then uh, they don't want to, you don't want, you, you blow that opportunity, you know? 
And I'm not sure if that's what happened with Vulcan, but that's just the legend, you know. They might have just chose to go do something else. But either way, I was like, let's straddle that line. Let's not go over the line, but let's find where the line is, you know. <laughs> have fun, you know. <laughs> but be safe. <laughs> and it's been great every year. Everyone, dude, people keep it in check all the time, which is rad. Because everyone's there to skateboard, to be honest. They're just killing it on their boards. And there was a flat ground area, so people were messing around electric skateboards and these weird, like, other boards that are, like, strapped onto, like, two little pillows. There were some clips online of that as well, but Sick Tricks, the homie from there, uh, those those guys helped support the Mini Ramp Jam, and that was sick. And uh, there's so many rippers in Florida alone, but people came from all over, but just fucking the amount of shredders in uh, Orlando... Or just in Florida, I mean, is fucking sick. Dudes came. There was a lot of kids, young kids, which I thought I thought was really awesome. Because I feel like that's the next, you know? Like, if young people are into it and old people are into it, that means it's generational, you know? And with skating, it, hadn't, it hasn't been around that long that it's starting to get to that, you know? Like, people's, uh, like, skateboarding, this is not in any way an insult, <laughs> but like Tony Hawk, I look at him as like skateboarding's like grandfather or something, you know, like, people remember that, it's like a landmark pillar almost, you know, which is cool, but that means it's, it's carrying on, people keep it into their lives until they're older and they can make it their business and their pleasure and their fun and their, or they can just have it in their life and whenever work gets too rough or whatever, like it's for anybody and everyone, you guys know, all know this. I just like talking about it, so. But it should be for whoever. It doesn't matter the gender. It doesn't matter the the gender, sexual preference, color. Like, it should be neutral. You know, like, everyone has access to do whatever they want on a skateboard. Go have fun, you know? Like, fuck it. Just bring energy and be hyped. <laughs> or just, like, you know, whatever, you know? Uh, it's my favorite thing. It's like, that's the community, is we all do something we love. And we can relate to each other because we understand what it takes to continual, li continually do the thing we love. And it takes a physical toll on you too, you know? Like, yeah, like I have to like make sure I stay in, in condition so I can ha go try to push myself on a skateboard, you know? Like if I just let myself go, like I would just digress so bad. Because it's not like, you can't just figure out skateboarding. It's not like you can beat skateboarding. It's on a day-to-day -day basis. Your mood dictates how you skate. Your phys how you f physically are can dictate it. You know, like, and you can add on to that shit. Like, if you want to work out like crazy, you could build pop. You know what I mean? And the cool thing about skating as well is like you forge style. The more you, r more repetitions you do, the more you do something, like playing with clay or whatever. Like, you something starts to come out of it, and you can kind of like dictate and and flow. You can flow with it, but you can get more comfortable in it. I don't know if you guys, like, think about when you first learned to drop in, but I think about it a lot because, um, skateboard lessons that I do on the weekends here in Taunton, Mass, where I live. I love this place. we got the Edge Indoor Skate Park. Great skate scene. New people come to it from all over because it's an indoor park in New England, and everybody needs one of those, so we all come here, and it's like you get to see who's in your skate community within the states around you, you know? And it's sick, and there's always new people. Um, oh, to take me back to the Surf Expo, though, uh, I was on the mic. I had to get the PA system, uh, which they had. I hit up Veronica, and they brought the PA system. Thank you for that. And they brought two extensions. Well, she actually she brought the PA system, and then I realized I needed an extension cord. Or we realized that, and then she went and got two. So that was awesome. And she was really cool about it. So the PA system was a little weak. It wasn't as good as it could have been. Next year, I'm going to see if they'll invest in a new PA. So it's a little more powerful, you know. It worked. It got the job done. But I was just seeing ways to improve it. But it was like bumping. We had some Sabbath going and stuff. And the cool thing about Surf Expo on the mini ramp was like people started filling in and coming up against a little barrier. Because they barrier... Oh, the sickest thing... Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. But the sickest thing was... We had the whole mini ramp section for the All I Need in World Industries booth. So, like, I thought that was so sick. I was like, can we just put the booth in on the back of the mini ramp just so it's, like, part of the skate event? 
And then he said, yeah, so we set that up. I'm hyped. I want to try to get Peter there next year. Peter James Glenn, who does the art for All I Need in World. I want to try to get him down there and have him paint a mural, an All I Need mural on the back of the mini ramp. I think that'd be sick just to do that and film it. And then, like, it would be right there on the mini ramp, which is pretty sick as well. Uh, so next year, I want to work on that. But anyway, so, like... When it started getting heated this year, it was so sick, dude. There's so many little shredders, and, and like, all ages, dude. It was sick. So many shredders down there. But at times on the ramp, there would be, like, a little dude and a big dude just going at it. And I, that was my favorite. I was like, little dude versus big dude. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? And it's down the mini ramp and just doubles it out until, like, one of them fell. And then that could score points for little dudes versus old dudes. <laughs> That's sick. Or little dudes versus big dudes. <laughs> Uh, the mini ramp was sick. It was high. I, you know what was sick about the trip? And I'm thankful to the Surf Expo for helping us do this, like create this and help fund it and make it happen. Because like we couldn't, you know, all I need is a small business. So like to be able to be able to pay for all the flights and the hotel and stuff like that would be like crippling. You know, like we wouldn't be able to get down there and put on an event and like build hype for skateboarding at Expo. You know, without their support. Like so that means a lot too. And uh, the people that showed up, though, like, destroyed it. Can't wait to see the edit. So we brought, we went down. It was me, Corey Goonan, Timmy Knuth, Derek Fukuhara. Timmy and Derek flew out from California. And then we had Evan, Kevin, Sammy, and Billy. Yeah, I think that's all eight of us. We met up with our homie Mike Hathaway, who's, like, my longtime skateboard buddy. I've been skating with Mike since we were, when I first got aboard. Mike's gnarly. He's got, like, Spitfire tattoos on his forearms and, like, a Zero tattoo <laughs> from when he was younger, dude. He was just hyped on these brands. I remember he was super hyped on uh, Zero and Jamie Thomas. <laughs> I mean, who was? And that was a sick time in skateboarding for sure, you know? But Mike moved to Florida, which is sick because we had to fly down a... Um, a tent and a clothing rack and I wanted to keep it down there uh, so hopefully if we do this again next year I'll already have my, our tent and our our uh, clothing rack down there and Mike has been living down there and just recently bought a home in Jacksonville so that was perfect we just drove to Jacksonville on the last day of our trip and uh, I dropped that stuff off in his garage he was like gonna hang on to it for me which I thought was awesome so we'll have the tent and clothing rack which makes it cool because I don't have to worry about that. It's already down there. And then next year I can just focus on adding a piece to the booth, you know, like get a, a hat rack or something, you know. So slowly we piece together what we want, you know, what we think would look sick. Um, but yeah, so then we met up with Mike and we went to Jacksonville, which was so cool. And we went to their new skate park, which was unbelievable. Team Pain Park, it's insane. We shredded that thing for a day. Ate some good food there. I don't remember where we went, but um, it was delicious. Solid spot as well. The oh, the flight out to uh, Orlando though, little hectic. Not gonna lie, we flew Spirit Airlines and they fucking do they nickel and dime you, man. Not gonna lie, and I guess it depends on the crew because on the way out there, man, they charge us like. My homie got charged $65 for a carry-on bag. That's insane to me. Um, I think it's because we were on a flight that wasn't, it wasn't even full. So I think they try to nickel and dime you on those flights. Because they're trying to get their money back, maybe. So they can make that flight available. I'm not sure. But he, had, he was getting on the plane, and they were like $65. And they were fucking super rude to him. And uh, he just... He, he got like kind of an argument with her like or at least he just stood up for himself they didn't weren't yelling or anything but he's just like 65 dollars really for a carry-on and it wasn't like an overweight or nothing you know and she's like yeah and he's like and we we all kind of chuckled oh no she was like it's for the gas and we all kind of <laughs> his bag his baggage fee is gonna get the gas to get there i'm like oh my god is this how real it is right now are we in this right now is it that serious <laughs> It was a half flight full, you know, it was like only halfway full. <laughs> but yeah, I got them, dude. And they were super rude. When she came out, 
at the end, we all got off the plane, and she came out, and she, she like, said something to Sammy again. I didn't hear what she said, but she did throw out a tubular, like it's an insult, kind of like, tubular, because we skate, I guess, she thought that would fit. It's more of a surfing thing. Maybe she just applied, because we were coming from Orlando, she assumed we were surfers, but we were, she saw the skateboard, so who knows. <laughs> but that was tough. But then on the flight home, it was like, they they were practical, like, she didn't, Evan didn't have a bag that weighed, uh, that barely weighed anything, and I had one that was overweight, so she, she's like, oh, well, that just works out, so you don't have to pay for it. I was like, sick. You know what I mean? So maybe it's just the staff, but either way, that was a strange flight. And then, what else? Oh, we missed our flight on the way out. <laughs> oh, my God, by six minutes. By six minutes, it was insane. I don't know how that happened. We were trying to get into parking, and that was it. A lot. We had to do laps on the parking, and we missed it by six minutes. And we left with, like, plenty of time. It's always crazy having to get through Boston, you know, and then get in there and crazy. So we missed our first flight. Then we ended up on that one, which was hectic. Fuck. But we made it. We finally made it to Orlando. <clears throat> and then uh, had to get the rent-a-car. Shout out, shout out Enterprise for helping out with that. They crushed it. Got us a nice... Um, Explorer or something so because we had eight people so we needed something big and that was that thing drove like a pillow for sure I kept saying on the trip. I was like I need like an uncomfortable chair so I can just pay attention more about driving Because like my car the chair is so uncomfortable, but it forces you to like stay sharp or like alright I guess I'm fucking gonna be uncomfortable slightly <laughs> Pay attention that one was like a pillow though. You felt like you're asleep. You're driving in like a a catcher mitt, you know, like a broken catcher's mitt or something. And, uh, yeah, we got there, got the hotels, which is tight, and Surf Expo hooked it up with hotels right across from the convention center and the Rosen Center. And it's, like, this crazy hotel that had, like, seven restaurants and, like, a spa and all that stuff. Although we didn't go to any of it, but, uh... But it was a nice hotel. They had, like, double beds, super comfy, you know, clean. <laughs> Been to some sketchy hotels in my day. Actually, the last day of the trip, we we had to get a hotel at a day's end, and that was rough. Rough. But there was, like, a lot of us, so to be able to pull it, we had to get it. I've been, I'm working on the vlog right now from the trip. I got, like, a lot of time-lapse of stuff, and the plane taking off and landing. It's so crazy what you can do with your phone. Oh, yeah! Dude, we're at the airport, and we're getting dinner, or lunch, or I don't even know what time it is, because you never know what time it is when you're fucking flying. Also, I'm running off of, uh, some blood, uh, medium hot coffee, one cream, one sugar right now, and a little bit of weed. We get to the fucking airport, we had a layover. It was so hectic getting out there, man, just because we missed our first flight. But we get hit our layover in Atlanta, and we're eating at this spot. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> a flood just happens in the in the airport. The women's bathroom just floods, and it's so bad. It comes out into the airport and, like, creates a lake, basically. And people were, like, tripping. And I'm just, like, I filmed a bunch of that. I'm like, what is going on? Uh, but the people at the airport handled it. They blocked it all off. There were people walking through with, like, trash bags on their shoes. It was, like, pretty fucking deep little, like, stream people were walking through in the middle of the airport. And, uh, but the crew there in Atlanta handled it. They roped it all off, sectioned it, made through everyone. It's like they had done it before. And then they got it all cleaned up super fast. I was super impressed. But it was fucked because, like, we're eating at the restaurant right across from that and it floods. I'm like, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> and then even after that, dude, when they were cleaning it up, I saw a little kid. His parents let the, wasn't talking to this little kid. He's got his hands on the ground and shit, right, right near where that flood happened. And they cleaned it up, but still, you know, like kids just like playing on the airport floor. Disgusting. That's rough, right? <laughs> I wanted to say something. The cool thing about Atlanta was, well, like, we didn't really go into Atlanta, but the cool thing about the airport was so many people dress so steezy, you know, like, traveling in and out of Atlanta. Such a cool style of people, you know? I don't know. I like the South. I like Atlanta a lot. But, yeah, that was crazy. That was my first flooded airport, you know? They broke out these, like, vacuum things and just sucked it all up like they had done it, you know? 
But I don't know. I don't know where that water's coming from. It look, it came out of the women's bathroom. Oh, and honestly, it was so funny. They they roped off the bathrooms, and Billy was still in it. <laughs> Billy drowned. Team Rider. He had the like limbo under it. We thought he flooded it. I did. I was like, did you flood, it, bro? What's going on? So that was weird. That was definitely weird. Airport's falling apart. I'm sitting here trying to drink, eat my meal. Just thinking about that. We got some antics. The hotel was sick, like I was saying. What up? The mini ramp. Oh, it was cool setting up the booth. Pushed it right against the back of the mini ramp. We had the pop-up tent, clothing rack. Goonan and Billy and Sammy, all these dudes helped me with that. That was sick. We had a lot of our apparel down there. I was really stoked. I, I was able to have some time to prepare for our booth. So I had like samples of all everything we had in stock you know so our hoodies our pack and go our button up tees our new a logo shirt i made sure we had a sick um our booth looked clean i had all the hats our beanies um all the decks we just screwed the decks into the back of the mini ramp so they looked sick posted up there you know it was sick being able to talk to people about all that need and why we do it and why like we we're trying to just like what all I need is about, you know, but it was also sick because, um, people would come and they'd be stoked on World, too, and, like, World's, um, like, one of those heavy brands that had been around for over 20 years, and people are nostalgic about it, so it was sick talking about the art and the riders and all that stuff with all these people in Florida, it was so cool, man, crazy thing about the mini ramp was, dudes were skating it on a longboard, but, like, trying to do heavy tricks on a longboard, I was like, you guys are gnarly, trying blunt fakies, and, like, just getting serious on a longboard the whole time. And he was killing it, for sure, you know? But... <laughs> yeah, Kevin was killing it on that trip. Derek Fukuhara helped me out a lot. Um, Derek rides for all I need, and uh, he's he's pro for all I need. He kills it. If you type his name into YouTube, you'll be able to check out plenty of video parts. And... Derek helped out a lot because he shot a lot of photos and videos and just like me and him were able to have conversations that were constructed, construct, constructive and helpful. Um, Derek was awesome, man. He helped create content and just be in the moment and keep morale go, going like a true professional, you know, like Derek crushed it. It's so good to hang out with my friend too. It's fucked up. And then, uh. Kevin killed it. Kevin Clem always kills it. Just like good attitude. Fucking unbelievable on a board. So I hook him up with the world. But uh in a sick sense of humor. And the way he's a view he the way the way he approaches skateboarding is like uniquely his, which I love about that. Um Evan, Evan Monsalillo, he's killing it. Per usual, he's a monster. He um just kills it all the time, dude. Seriously, destroyer. Couldn't be a funner dude to hang out with, too. Just, like, an, he's an upbeat, positive person who, like, sense of humor and works hard. So cool. He's young, too, so he's able to, like, go for a tail drop off the back of the mini ramp. That was insane. Come, some of those bails were so hectic, but fucking nailed it. Didn't give up on it. Evan's the destroyer. We had Billy Drown on the trip, too. Billy's smooth, smooth as style. Um, humble dude works you know cool thing about all i need is all these dudes work jobs too you know what i mean it's like a collective of us trying to keep this ideal going you know and it's more like sacrifice i guess or just like whatever just to make it happen it's like that was kind of the thing about starting a brand in the middle of the recession was like things were going bad you know and like skateboarding to me was like i don't know i just wanted to invest in it you know i wanted to like even if things were going bad because I was like nervous to not have this skateboarding world you know like to not have the events not have the podcast to let it go you know and, and we all deal with that as we get older too you know like you have to like focus on things as you get older and um you have to find time to get out there and skateboard you know or not find yeah you have to find it and then you have to make it you have to put it into actual action and then when you're out there skating you have to realize like, oh, this time is very valuable, so I'm going to try to have the most fun or apply myself or whatever you need at that moment, you know? And, uh, yeah, 
that's part of aging. The longer you stay with skateboarding, the further it gets away from you because you get older and like the ability to do so many tricks and but you still want to be there in the trenches the whole time, you know. And then like people have kids and that is a, takes their time away or like a job or whatever. So it's like whenever I see people skating and they're skating like f pretty hard, sweating and like you can tell they're like they're at the park with a purpose. Even if, I mean, I don't care. People can come to the park or wherever, or just out in the streets and just go sit in a corner or whatever. But whenever I see someone out there skating, I'm always, it always gets me hyped because I'm like, fuck, these, they're, they're so hyped on skating and they made time to come get here, you know? That's why it's always amazing when you see a little kid who, like, shreds because you can tell that they've, like, focused on it, you know? They've put their time and effort and, and done it, you know, at a young age and hyper-focused on it. It's probably harder if you skate when you're younger to try to keep carrying it with you because when you're younger, you're going through, like growing and figuring out who you are and it's like I imagine skateboarding would help with that though it'd keep you focused on something at the very least you know like that's what I like about it is like it allows me to continually focus on something that I've been building for 21 years I think that's how long I've been skateboarding I think so 35 yeah I'm 35 now but I've been working at my skateboarding, my skateboarding, not copying anyone else. I've got inspired by other people, and just, we, that happens, you know, and you, there's things you see, like, you just see other skating, and you in, see it, so you internalize it, you know, and, like, maybe that affects how you do something, I don't know, but, but, like, also being open enough to just let your own style shine through, you know, eventually, and, uh, look at it differently, you know. But I've spent a lot of time watching skateboarding and actually doing skateboarding and like, it's crazy. It's amazing. My homie Jay, uh, Solstice Skate Shop, shout out, he's been skating even longer, you know? Like, he's pushing 40, I believe. And, uh, dude's still killing it. It's unbelievable. Seems like, um, like the rabbit hole is endless. And there's still joy even when you, when like, I imagine like if you're 60 and you can't really skate and you got like, you know, you gotta take it easy. But maybe there's, like, ten tricks that you could do and just slowly get, like, style it out even further, you know? Like, to the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> that would be sick, though. That sounds sick to me. Seems like a lot of people can age gracefully and keep skateboarding in their fucking life, and that's sick to me. And that's what was in jeopardy during the recession was, like, I still wanted to do all this shit, but, um, I didn't want to be just, like, stuck in a job, you know? Like without aiming at something, you know, like, so, that was what, that's how all I need started, and I had a savings, and I just put it into it, and then just worked, relied on my work ethic to just focus on, you know, work, getting a job, and, and being able to cover my own needs and pay my bills, you know, and then, because we, I, at that time, I didn't, that's when, you know, the brands pulled out, and there's no more sponsorship money. You know, but I always was, I've had jobs before I was sponsored, you know, I just worked, um, because that's sometimes in life you have to work and you have to find work, and it's not always the best work, especially if, uh, you're young too, it's kind of tough, you know, you have to prove yourself a bit more, you know, which is, you have to build your character and prove that you can handle a shitty job, I guess, or like a menial job or something, I guess a shitty job is only a shitty job, because it's not the job you visualize, but either way, no one escapes work, and I say that all the fucking time. It's like a reminder to myself, because even when you get what you want, you gotta keep working at it. Because if you had heaven today, and for the next ten months, ten months of just, you would want to shake it up, you know? Like, it's a balancing act. You want to, like, balance it out, you know? Still trying to work on all this stuff with you guys. <laughs> Hopefully. <clears throat> Stoked for this let me see keep going i was looking at the footage in the timeline oh and uh when we went to shit i want to say jacksonville there's this sick shop it's an apparel shop standard collective i believe i want to say jacksonville they had this sick chris markovich uh art uh screwed into the ceiling it was a full sheet of uh of wood and chris must have just did artwork on the whole thing and they screwed it to their ceiling. They had a bunch of sick, like, cut-out custom piece of arts in their shop. And they had a space for music venues, which was so sick. And, 
Yeah, let me see if I can find the name. Yeah, Standard Collective Apparel and Accessories. Such a sick shop. It was exactly what I needed to see, because I want to, like, try to open up a shop for all I need here in Taunton. Just because I figured it would be sick to have a space with apparel in it and skateboard stuff and be able to meet people and talk to people and do sick stuff, you know, like for skateboarding in the city and have that be our own space, you know? And it seems like a good challenge, but it's so weird because, like, nowadays it's like people are saying retail's dying and or it's going online and you could look at Amazon and it's like, is it still, like, can people still have a space like a shop where they can indulge in what they love and it's affordable and they can like build community and like does it work you know like that's the question that's what's in question i have people around me that have done it for a long time and they bring something of value to the community and that's how the shop survives you know people support it because they bring value they don't just sell shit but they bring value to the community and it means something it has depth to it and you it's been there long enough like solstice skate shop's been around for 20 21 years or something like that ridiculous yeah like i've been going to the shop i think for as long as i have been skateboarding but that place is supported by the city you know because people have been shopping going there and jay's always done a great job like I don't think you can go into the shop with the intention of getting rich is what I'm saying, you know, like I think you have to really invest in it and like grow it and earn it and build it. It probably takes a long time. It's probably not easy. You know, I can imagine that much. But I wonder if the signs of the time, like if it's affordable, I started looking into spots just to see like what it is, you know, like what are they asking for and for what space, you know, it can't hurt to ask it then, then, you know. We're eliminating options here and see what we can do, you know? I think that would be sick, though. I dream of all I need skate shop. Well, all I need skate and apparel. Because I want it to feel like an apparel store that offers skateboarding as well in the back, you know? Like, because it seems like a cool spot to work. Because it would be a retail spot, so we could work, like, have a sick board wall and then a case for, like, trucks, wheels, all like that. And then the front of the store could be all the apparel, you know? And the uh, different brands, like all, obviously we start with All I Need, World. Like start small, modest. Like try to go into it knowing it's going to be a struggle, you know? The only thing I worry about is you have to find the right uh, retail location in your city that you can afford, you know? And that you got to watch out for like if someone, who owns the building, if they're going to sell it, like what's the plan for the future, like... Yeah, not there yet, but still, thinking about it, daydreaming about it, for sure. And, uh, the thing is, is, like, who knows if it'll ever be the right move, or if it's a... I look at it as, like, part of, like, the whole thing. It would just be... It would be an... It would add value to it, you know? So if it's manageable, it's worth doing, you know, pursuing. I love when people open skate shops, or any type of shop at that. It's just cool. Because it's like you're... You're taking a lot... You're taking risk... For something that you, you know, you love, you know, like art galleries and stuff like that. It's like so sick, man. Brave ass people. <laughs> and then it's rough. You gotta deal with like you gotta watch out for politics and fucking crazy shit here and there. Like I imagine, shit fucks businesses up. You know, the recession. <clears throat> fucking. But it's good to have work, right? I always rely back on work because I'm like, can work your way through some shit, you know? There's confidence in having a work ethic, you know? If you worked rough jobs and then you turned them into, I guess here, here's what I'll say. If you've worked shitty jobs and you've turned them into something of, of importance, then, uh, yeah, that's magical, right? Like, fuck. Something from nothing to something or... <clears throat> That's, that's like, a, a good challenge, too, you know? To people growing up. Like, I'm going through all that stuff. I've been through it. It's like the growing process, right? <laughs> Sick. I've been enjoying life lately, though. Just working hard, for real. And, like, finding, um, aim. And just knowing where to apply what I need to apply. Like, effort when I need to just work. And when I need to, um, have fun. And when I need to work on fun stuff and when I need to work for others like there's like a balance in all this motherfucker like trying to figure it out you know and it's like 
and then trying to get and then the hardest part is like trying to rid yourself of your bad habits and your emotional dysfunction that just stems from how fucking hard life can be you know <laughs> there's no doubt about that like life is fucking can it starts off tragic you know i've been like i said i've been listening a lot of jordan peterson and uh he was talking about just how the first human was a murderer <laughs> how heavy is that because <laughs> adam and eve he's saying adam and eve wasn't the first humans because they're from gods you know god created so then uh but uh, Cain and Abel were from them. So Cain and Abel had a mother, so a human born of a human. So they were the first two, and they had, you know, Cain kills his own ideal, his brother, what he aspires to be. And he doesn't he doesn't take responsibility. He spites the being, or God, or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and thinks he's being treated unfairly. It's a gnarly story. <laughs> But yeah, I've been listening to a lot of that stuff. It's pretty crazy. Trying to take in as much new information as possible. That way I can uh, grow and like try to articulate some of it. And it helps connect me with some of my feelings and thoughts that I couldn't really string through. And I, the more I hear other people talk, I guess, and listen to other people, that's what's so cool about... Like, there's a reciprocal nature of it. It's like, when you listen a lot, you take in a lot, and you can internalize it, and then you got to think about it, you know? Like, we all have to constantly bounce ideas off of each other, like, back and forth, so we know where your version of reality is compared to mine, you know? Like, just to feel that connection is sick. That's why whenever we get feedback on the podcast, it means the fucking world to me, like, whether it's to my email, all I need skate at hotmail.com. Even if you just, you know, have ideas or suggestions for the show or... Not even. If you just want to talk about a concept or an idea, it's fine. Like, if I try to get to all of them, like, when I can, you know, it's like, I try to spring, find balance and sprinkle them in there and I get to everyone eventually, you know? Um, but yeah, that so much, that means a lot to me because then it's like I hear back from you guys, the listeners, and it's like, now you're the, is we're like switching positions and it helps, it helps everything grow, which is so cool and I'm appreciative of this. This fucking thing, this podcast that well over 200 episodes with like so many epic humans. And I have a bunch lined up coming uh, for the next week or two. I'm going to start organizing them. I got a bunch of yes from people, but now I'm going to narrow down the day and time. Now that I'm back from Surf Expo and uh, start crushing them, um, crushing them out. I want to talk to my homie Ronson Lambert. He used to ride for World. And we tried to do a podcast, but... uh. Ron, like, speaking of tragedies, man, he got, like, hit by a car literally, like, the day before we were supposed to podcast. And I'm, like, I'm hitting him up, like, DMing him on Instagram, like, hey, Ronson, you still down? And he's, like, yeah, but, like, I just got mangled by a car. And he sent me, like, a photo, and it looked pretty brutal. And I was, like, oh, fuck. I was, like, yeah, handle that first. No need to do the show. <laughs> like, goddamn. Um, so... I'm glad he's alright, so that's good to know. But I want to have him on the show, so that's someone I have lined up. And Don Brown from uh, Soul Technologies, Etnies, uh, America, and S. Legendary. Hyped to talk to him about all that. I used to get Flow from S back in the day. Used to run the custom ones all the time in the Excels, obviously, you know. And the colors and everything they had was so sick, their team... Minik Mahdi was one of my favorite fucking videos. Such a heavy video with so many legends in it. Think about how good Rick McCrank is. So fucking good, right? Yeah. I thought about it, and yeah. Comes back, yes. And that was like young Ardo crushing it too. Fucking so so sick. And obviously Costin, Rodrigo Texiera. Um, dude, I think Ronnie Krieger was in that one. He's another one I should reach out to. That guy's a legend as well. Would like to see what he's up to. I know he's doing his own brand. But I'd like to just see, like, talk and talk a little bit about it, you know. And talk about all that stuff. It's pretty wild. But yeah, so Don Brown. Hyped to talk to him. Because that'll tie us closer to Ronnie Krieger too. Which is rad. Um, but yeah, those two off the top of my dome. But I have a list. I write people down. 
And uh, I appreciate all the suggestions, too, when you, like, tag people. Like, if I make a post, like, sometimes I'll make a post and someone will tag, like, a pro and be like, podcast with them. And uh, that helps because then it, like, bridges the gaps for me. People already are, like, aware of the show or whatever. They know people, someone might want to hear their story, you know. There's so many sick skateboarders, you know. So, and sometimes I just reach out, cold call people, like, or cold DM them nowadays, like, yo, want to be down? Check it out, check it out. I usually just send them the link to the show and just say, let's talk about it, man. Let's talk about skateboarding. So, yeah, but you guys' help with that means a lot. It was sick, too, back to Surf Expo on our trip to Orlando. Um, Timmy Knuth, he came on the trip, man. Timmy shreds, man. He's from Florida. He's the reason why I thought doing Surf Expo uh, is an awesome idea. Or the reason why I think Surf Expo is an awesome idea is because Timmy's from there. And he's Florida, and he fucking kills it. He skated in all those due tours and killed it. He would always make, like, top 12, win cash. And, like, he rode, you know, he's put out epic video parts. Like, if you type in Timmy Knuth in YouTube, you'll see his work, like, in the streets, in the trenches, you know. Um, and he could do contests, which is so sick. Timmy, like, destroyer, man. K-Flip Crook, Hollywood 16, legendary status, you know what I'm saying? Like, insane. I think about it all the time. I'm like, how do the fuck do you bail, even bail on that and clear the stairs, you know? Um, but yeah, he was on the trip and he's from there. So we met up with his mom. His mom came out, ate dinner with us one night. And then, uh, then we also went back to his mom's house for dinner. And that was sick. Uh, another time. And it was sick to play pool. They had a pool table there. Food was bomb. It was good to see his mom. His mom's sick. I was like, yeah, so I was like, Surf Expo, Timmy's there, like, we can help build support and do some cool stuff in Florida. There's such a sick scene down there, man, it's wild. Skated some sketchy spots, this, like, weird, like, thin-ass, like, transition thing that was so sketchy to skate. Dude's got kind of buck on that one. I was, like, not messing with it. I thought I'd, like, chip a tooth or something. I'm gonna edit the vlog probably tonight. At least get it started. Throw a song in the timeline. Because I got the clips all laid out right now. I just gotta listen to them and clean them up a little bit. And then uh, just get the song in there and start moving things around. And But it's gonna be sick. I'm hyped to share that with you guys as well. Skated a sick Jersey Barrier spot. Nothing sicker than a Jersey Barrier. If you see a Jersey Barrier, just do what you need to do to skate that thing. That's all I'm gonna say. DIY style, bro. Because they're always fun. Dudes always destroy it. Sammy Sammy Skates. Shout out Sam Kern. Uh, Skate for World Industries. Took the hardest slam of the trip. Congratulations, Sammy Slams. Or as we like to call Slammy. Oh! He's trying to half-cap board this like steep ass... It was a small rail. It was like 7 or 8. But like super steep. Oh! And, uh, he, he's just learning half-cat boards, like, um, or he just learned them, you know, he was doing them on the park rail, and, like, I think that was, like, one of his first, uh, street ones, and he fucking nailed it, solid half-cat board, rides right into the grass, wheel bike, slams so awkwardly, I filmed the whole thing up close, like, I, he, like, rolled his wrist. I mean, how do you slam after you landed the trick? Like, he's landed the half-cat board perfect and was riding away perfect and then just mangled himself. <laughs> but he was all right. He was all right for the rest of the trip. He just had to, like, fix his little, like, finger. He had to, like, get a metal splint for one of his fingers. But he was all right. We hit Dunkin' Donuts every morning. Some coffee. Stopped off at a gas station. Saw some baby gators in the tank. <laughs> as soon as I saw they had live gators, I was all hyped. It was like a, it was just like little baby ones in a tank, but still freaking sick. I don't know, gators are so gnarly. Another thing on the trip, I was talking about tornadoes. I don't think Florida might, Florida, I don't know if Florida gets tornadoes. That's how dumb I am, but so they get tornadoes in the Midwest, and I started looking on YouTube about tornadoes, and holy shit, I found one video. I don't, I, it was insane. It was like the dude was like so close to it that he was pointing upwards and like following the tornado up like he was under it. It was insane. With like the new cameras and stuff, it's insane what they can capture. Like I felt like I was next to a tornado watching this video. And then I watched another one, which was heartbreaking, man. This is what the problem with the internet is like everything's there, you know. But uh, yeah, this guy, he was like, he's filming outside and a tornado coming towards his house. 
It's like, holy shit. And it's like, the cameras are so good, and the audio is so good, and it's like, you're there. And it looks like point of view. And, uh, he runs back into his house, and it just goes dark. And they run into the basement, you can just hear it, because he has his phone. And, like, you just hear the house getting fucking destroyed above. And then he runs up, and he's filming the whole thing. And, uh, he comes out, and literally three of the four walls are gone. And it's like you're in, inside his house, the roof's on, the bottom's on, and the whole, like, front of your house is gone, and you're just seeing out this little, like, this, this, the space. And he, dude, the crazy thing about the video, I'll have to find it and put it in the description, but the crazy thing about the video is, like, he's, like, panicking, and he's like, oh my god, this is insane, and he's, like, talking about, because his whole house is destroyed, his neighborhood is destroyed, like, gone. And, and he stops, and he's like, he's looking at his own house again, he's like, what did he say? What exactly did he say? He said, um, wow, wow. Like, like he was awestruck, like, wow. It was insane, I was like, yeah, the, the fucking destruction, how quickly things could go, you know? Like, that's an earth-shattering, defining moment, you know? Like, you come out of your basement, your whole fucking house, and you're still in awe. Like, the, you're, he was devastated, but, like, still had a moment where he's like, wow you know and then he's like crying and shit and his lady's freaking out it's like so real it's so it's insane it's immersive you know gotta be careful and i know that's probably my mild compared to like what's out there i know there's gnarly shit on the internet crazy um yeah i think that's it man i rambled long enough uh, i got some guests coming next week i'm hyped that i was able to ramble thank you i needed to do this and uh, Surf Expo overall, man, was a success. Like, I'm super hyped that, and I'm super grateful for that opportunity and that they want to work with us. And I'm trying to do right by the show so we can add value for skateboarding to it and help build up the event and just keep it growing, man. All the people that came out and shredded, you guys are so fucking sick. All those little kids and all those older dudes that are still there supporting it, bringing energy. Uh, all I need, world, thank you for supporting it and starting it. Um fix skateboards you guys added to it sick tricks thank you you added to it as well man you guys just it was two days of hanging out and then people coming and going and just the ramp heating up and going down several sessions and like thank you to all my all, all the team riders for all i need uh world industries um i'm just happy we pulled it off man and i want to keep it going it's sick and and as skateboarding if the if skateboarders show up we can keep growing this thing so uh, there'll be a vlog dropping soon, and then Sammy Skates has our official edit, so that'll be coming. It'll go up on the website, allineedsskate.com. Uh, yeah, and thank you to those of you that purchased from our site and cop something, or, um, you know, if you see one of our boards in your local skate shop and you cop it and try it out, that's sick. You support your local shop, and you support All I Need, so that is sick. Thank you. Um, yeah. I think that's it, man. Peace.